Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Superman podcast with your hosts, Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 61, Feeding Time and The Way of All Flesh. Hi, pals. Time for more Superman. I, hey. wow, I was so excited I got to pals and I was like, oh, God, what's next? <laughs> I did the pals part. I can't do the rest. Yeah, I'm just not friends anymore and it's not chums. It's pals. And then our pal Brian is here. I'm a pal. Hi, pal. Welcome, Hi. pal. I'm, I'm here. Know what day it is and everything. <laughs> Kids love Superman's pal Brian Lynch. <laughs> oh, I would I, I would enjoy that. I like Jimmy Olsen. Me too, mm-hmm. and I would love to see him do a little more. We finally get some of him this time, but uh, I, I still don't really know the kid. I think I he's an interesting him. character because when he was created, this like like weird little tweedy suit and bow tie he had was supposed to be so that 50s kids would look at him and be like oh man that dude is so cool (laughs) and then like at a certain point like as time moved on they never changed his outfit and it just changed the perception of the character but like no he's supposed to be a really cool dude Mm -hmm. which and then here in the 90s they were like all right we're finally gonna fix it get this kid a mullet (laughs) looking good jimmy i know and then there's the recent uh matt fraction uh Maxi series is that what they call them? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that was, they yeah. did that back in the day. I didn't know if they still called them that, but yeah, it's it wasn't that long ago, and that was he kind of went back to to the uh, to the earlier look, and mm-hmm. uh, that is an excellent series. Yep, it absolutely is. It's uh, it's done very much in the style of sort of like uh, uh, old school, like fifties, like everything's over in a couple of pages. Mm-hmm. The, each issue is like a series of tiny little vignettes, <laughs> and it's it just it really works. It's very good. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, the recent resurgence of Darkseid, who is technically a Jimmy Olsen villain. Yep. Right. Because they said, I don't know, Jack, you want uh, Jimmy Olsen? <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, I'll just put my weird shit into it. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> you let me write whatever you want. It's just going to turn into new gods. What are new gods? Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> There's some guy in the future who's really going to wish people would shut up about them. <laughs> then I'm going to go back to Marvel, and I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm going to work on Turbo Team. <laughs> and do you think I'm going to bring him in? Oh, you know it. <laughs> Turbo Team found the anti-life equation. <laughs> oh, huh. Yeah, that's what turns him into a car. <laughs> so, wait, does the pro-life equation turn him back? <laughs> the pro-life, pro-life equation is heavily problematic. Uh, sure is. <laughs> Not touching this one. Nope. <laughs> okay. It does so turn why you don't... into a car, though, for some reason. Uh, why don't we instead talk about the episode what's called Feeding Time? Why don't we indeed? Yes, tell us what happens. All right, so Superman's visiting Professor, P- Professor Hamilton at Star Labs to check out a new lead, lead suit of anti-kryptonite armor with patented kryptonite capture claw, available now at Toys R Us. Your parents complained about buying it for you. Whilst there, Superman hears a, of a daring daylight forklift robbery. It seems that local janitor Rudy Jones and his friend Marty are attempting to steal a couple of canisters of the infamous purple stuff from the Sunny D ads. What they're planning to do with it, I have no goddamn idea. 
Anyway, the two criminal masterminds escape when Superman goes to save some people. But they hit a rock, the barrels pop open like every single barrel of toxic waste in the 90s, coating Rudy from head to toe and turning him into the melty guy from RoboCop. Oh no, says Rudy, melting. And then his friend <laughs> throws him into the river. Ha ha, he says. More nothing and failed crimes from me, Marty. That night, Rudy finds himself transformed into a big purple guy with no mouth, hair, or genitals. But it's not all bad as he realizes he can drain the energy from a mouse or a cup. <laughs> After encountering a police officer, draining her and taking on her voice, a thing he can apparently do, Rudy realizes that he has superpowers and goes on a roaring rampage of petty theft. Dressing himself in some swank white strips of cloth, Rudy dubs himself the Parasite and insinuates himself into the home of a wealthy Korean family. He also drains his buddy Marty of energy, and then Superman, when that guy inevitably shows up. Gee, Superman, I guess I turned into some kind of a monster, he says, taking this all really well. With his body drained of energy, Superman is helpless before Rudy's short beating, and then flying away. Later, Rudy attempts to rob a bank, but finds that Superman's powers are fleeting, and goes to Clark Kent's apartment to rough him up. Oh yeah, uh, Rudy knows Superman's actually mild-mannered Clark Kent. He then beats Clark's ass and takes him to the one place nobody will ever think to look for him. Star Labs, where he got his powers in the first place. Then he chains him to a radiator, drains him of energy, and feeds him a bucket of fish heads twice a week. Back at the Daily Bugle, I mean Planet, Jimmy Olsen decides to prove that he's better than any Robin despite his haircut, and heads to Star Labs to look around Rudy's old changing room for clues. Quickly finds Superman, thanks to it turning out that they both know Morse code. Fucking nerds. Jimmy heads downstairs and frees Superman, just as Rudy returns from stealing a microwave and $60 in change from Baskin-Robbins. Behold the deadly powers of the Parasite! Rudy still has the up on Superman, so Superman changes into Chekhov's alternate costume from earlier in the episode and poisons Rudy with kryptonite, which he is vulnerable to now that he has Superman's powers. Later, in President Star Labs, everyone remarks on how good good it is that Rudy doesn't remember who Superman is, so nobody ever has to worry about that again. You gonna cure him? Superman asks. Eh, replies Professor Hamilton, already working on some kind of chemical to create Titano the Super Gorilla. <laughs> which we were just talking about uh, mm -hmm. prior to the show. Uh, we will exist. Mm-hmm. I just love that, like, one of the characters that they always bring back for whatever Superman show they're doing is the gorilla that turns into a giant gorilla because he was exposed to kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it affects gorillas. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people know that. Yeah. And then he crawls up the side of the Daily uh, Daily Planet while holding Lois Lane. I think that does actually happen. Mm -hmm. so Every I time. Mean, hey, it kind of has to, right? Although, honestly, <laughs> yeah. when it comes to yeah. buildings for giant monkeys to climb up, the Daily Planet's not a great one can't get my grip no. on this thing when you get up to the top you're just kind of like leaning over because you can't really get over the uh, uh the globe there no and the thing is i love the metropolis skyline mm -hmm. and i love all the the art deco buildings mm -hmm. but that's the only sort of distinctive like named building in town so far mm -hmm. so well there's also lex uh lex's building that's oh, shaped like that's his initials lex towers <laughs> right 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 with the uh, <laughs> with, with the prize on top it's a shark <laughs> i would hate for everyone to not think of lex luthor Lex, you're in a Superman cartoon. Like, 80% of the people here have the double L initials. It's kind of a big deal. Hey, look, oh, yeah. that building must be owned by Lori Lamaris, Superman's mermaid <laughs> girlfriend. Just the place I have to hide my legs. And it makes, a, makes sense that she would have a shark up there, probably her friend. <laughs> yeah, it's my buddy Roy. How's we went, it going? We went to college Roy together. Roy the shark. It's like, it's like Entourage. Ah, of course. She yeah. also has a turtle. This is this is one of those episodes where uh, we were talking about this like uh, a couple of weeks ago. I said like, "Oh, Superman's only got a couple of heavy hitters." I I always forget about this guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, like he's, he's uh, you see this is a, and it's a good gimmick because he's not like 
he's not like one of those I touch you and you die people. It's just you drain. I don't know if he died. Did he kill people in the comics? I don't believe so. Probably at some point. I'm sure in the 90s. Yeah. (laughs) More talk of Toy Man. Mm -hmm. um, Unfortunately. I do know that in the 90s uh, he got a giant like leech shark mouth. Yeah. So, I like yeah. that look for him. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the. Uh, well, he looks like the Amazo android, but with like in purple. Um, I can see that, but also there's only so many things you can do with that Bruce Tim style. That's so. true. Yeah, I, I will say as far as his design goes. Before we talk about his other, you know, je ne sais quoi, mm-hmm. I really liked what they did with his because in the comics he's got like this like weird withered melting face, mm-hmm. which would be impossible to do in animation uh, in this style. Mm-hmm. So instead, his mouth is just a shadow. Mm-hmm. When he's talking, I That's love awesome. the way they. I love the way they animate his head, mm-hmm. like his his eyes and his mouth. In I don't know. I, I guess that's just his body now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like the, I like the look of that too. Yeah, looks looking good, Rudy. His uh, his yep. costume is not great. Well, I love no. that he shows up with it too, and it's like like the first time we see him, he's just purple. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like when he goes to rob someone, like he's wearing like the weird the weird stripe thing. I'm just like. What's what was the plan here, Rudy? <laughs> All right. Well, I needed a bad guy outfit, so I decided to get um, uh, white underpants, white suspenders, and then white garters that aren't attached to anything. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically any... 90s Superboy leg belts. <laughs> I didn't want to spend any money, so I got a roll of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the end. I love you fixating on all his petty crimes. This is the thing. I love him so much because he's your good thing, yeah? Yeah. He's a dumb idiot, and I love him. (laughs) He's got, like, this regular normal guy voice coming out of the the parasite body, and everything Mm -hmm. he does is stupid. Yeah, you could make this guy sort of the grand, like, Superman, I can take your power, and he's not that at all. It's such a it's such a great, like, fake out. There's a moment that made me hysterical when he punches a wall of a jewelry store, grabs one shelf of jewels, and runs away. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he, he hasn't inherited the power to, like, carry... He doesn't have a door in his chest. I don't even know why I would, where, where I even got that from. He's, uh, you know, he's setting small, manageable goals so that he can, you know, work his way up and he can, you know, achieve these little victories. No, that feels deliberate, though. It feels I can't like he's wait a small to tell time. my therapist about this. <laughs> <laughs> feels like he's a small-time crook who suddenly got powers and doesn't, like, he doesn't have the ambition or the vision to, to see beyond what he knows. Yeah, that's, that's like, great. his big crime is like, I'm going to steal an Xbox. Then well, I'll have an Xbox. Wh- when he was Rudy the janitor, that was a big deal, and mm-hmm. he doesn't. I don't think he sees the difference. <laughs> I love that he gets caught at the beginning because he's badly driving a forklift, and then yep. the, the guards come up there like, "Ah, oh, hey, Rudy, you don't have you a fi- license. Did you finally get machine certified?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm a forklift operator now." And then they look at his name tag, and it still says janitor, and they're like, "It Wait might as a well minute. say Rudy Jones, not a forklift operator." Also, it might just be the voice actor's accent, but he says forklift, and I feel like. <laughs> He's so dumb, he doesn't know what he's doing. Yes, I can drive a far cliff. I can drive just about anything you'd ever want. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's me. Lift, Good knife old lift. Rudy Liftman. Rudy Janitor. That, that's what it says. It's Like, I, lo- I love his buddy who clearly just hired him. It's like... Well, you've got Patsy literally written all over you, so this should be easy. Well, it's, it, no, and it was it, okay. it's a hundred percent like the uh, in those you know the the miscellaneous versions of the Joker origin where he's just some dude who works at mm-hmm. Ace Chemicals, yeah, and so he gets mm-hmm. shanghaied into the Red Hood gang because they're like, we need an inside man, and the inside man is always wearing the hood. So this guy, um, whatever his name was, 
um, Marty, Marty, that was it, um, mm-hmm. is trying to do the same thing. But he's like, instead of like, you know, training him and setting this up, I'm just going to tell him to bring some purple stuff to my pickup truck. You'll just load it into mm-hmm. my truck as quickly as possible and hope no one shows up in a town where Superman lives. And the dude who uh, does uh, Marty's voice is uh, Robert Patrick. And I think he does an excellent, mm. like, just, I want to punch him in the yep. face. for Like, oh, he's, he plays a sleazebag so mm-hmm. well. He's good at sleazy, and he looks so straight-laced, he doesn't get a lot of yep. opportunity to do it in live action. Right. But, um... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no I mean, the, the thing that put him on the radar for everyone was uh, the T-1000, <laughs> mm-hmm. where he was just deadpan. That was the whole point of it. So. Right? Every so often I see him in something where he doesn't have a flat top, and I'm like, no, that doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. Where's your hair? What did you do? And I looked up who played Rudy, because he did have such a regular guy voice, mm-hmm. like you said, and it's a Brian with an O, mm-hmm. James, who I'm sure... Brian, you know exactly who that uh, is. Blade Runner, right? You were a walking IMDb, but yeah, he's like, I didn't know him by name, but when you look him up and you see his pictures, like, oh shit, yeah, this mm-hmm. guy's been in everything. Oh, he's one yeah. of those guys. Yeah, he, uh, he's, um, what did I just see him in? Uh, hold on, I'm looking. Everything? <laughs> I'm going to look up. No, so, something I saw him in, like, I'm, a couple of weeks ago, I'm looking up. Wasn't Citizen Kane. <laughs> Let me yeah. check your letterbox page. He was, he was in Red Heat. Oh, no, you know what? I watched a, um, uh, I watched a thing about the making of Cabin Boy. Uh, he was in ah. that. Oh, God. Why? Well, yeah. Cabin Boy, like, the, the ship is cast entirely with grizzled old character actors. So it's him, it's James Gammon, it's Brian Doyle Murray. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not bad casting. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the raspiest ship ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Brian, what's your good thing? Uh, my good thing is um, I don't think anyone's officially chosen the theme music yet. Um, you oh, know, yeah. I got in here early, so let me get in on that action. Um, no offense to the John Williams theme, which you guys use as the theme to this show, but uh, Shirley Walker's Superman theme is really great. Yeah, it is. Because yeah, no, she's yeah. she's two for two. Because like the new when they ended up replacing mm-hmm. the Elfman theme with the Batman, like the new Batman music, like I thought she did an excellent job mm-hmm. with that too. Yeah, uh, this one it's and she said that she like asked John Williams for advice. Uh, uh-huh. I was reading about this, and he said. Make sure there's a time that they can sing Superman. <laughs> like he said, that was intentional. There definitely so, is that in the other version. Yeah, in Williams, it's bum, 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 Superman. Superman. And in this one, yep. it's Superman. Superman. Yep. Superman. Nobody knows that he's Superman. I did this in the, <laughs> right, in the pilot because right, Irish Gav came up with the uh, lyrics. I would, yeah. um, not so much with Flonk, but uh, uh, with our other brother uh, who has uh, now mm-hmm. become a contributing member to this franchise. Yes, he yep. wrote into our uh, last uh, uh, monitor duty. Um, um, we would watch uh, this every Saturday morning, and I had I had a t- marked tendency to make up lyrics to the theme song. <laughs> this oh, is a show fun. about Superman. Mm-hmm. I, I did that with a lot of instrumentals, but it was mostly this <laughs> new Batman Superman and uh, Angel for some reason. Oh, oh god, why not? Yeah. Now you are watching a show about Angel. <laughs> yep, exactly right. <laughs> Uh, so my good thing, as I alluded to at the beginning, is I really enjoyed seeing Jimmy get some stuff to do and yes. stepping up to be a big damn hero. Like, he rescues Superman. And, like, I am always a su- I mentioned this a bunch of times in Batman. I am a sucker for regular guy rescue superhero. And mm-hmm. Lois doesn't count. Lois isn't a regular guy. She's mm-hmm. she's a goddamn superhero of her own. Yep. She's Lois damn lane. But Jimmy's just some dude with a camera. Mm-hmm. And he finds Superman, figures it out, saves him, like, cowers behind a boiler, and, yep. uh, you know, good job, Jimmy. Tries to hit Parasite with a pipe. Uh-huh. 
I, I mean, he's kind of dumb. Yeah. But I, like, <laughs> as we pointed out last week, Superman's a little dumb. Like, everyone. Everyone on the everyone show besides this Lex and Lois is kind of yeah. dumb. But but it, what I'm saying is everyone involved in this exchange, mm-hmm. in this confrontation, oh, yeah. is, is kind of stupid. So <laughs> everyone's on an even playing field there. <laughs> the most heard word in this entire episode should be, hey. <laughs> yeah. Huh? What? <laughs> Which is why the, the Morse code thing also threw, like, wait a minute. Well, it was just SOS. You don't know Every, everybody knows SOS. The thing is, if he said, oh, that's SOS, that's one thing, but he goes, S O S. Like he knows mm-hmm. each letter, and that, come on, man. I no, kind of. S? I kinda God, like I hope Jimmy the next knowing... one is O. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, I... I can spell sauce and sauce, and that's about it. Jimmy, get me some sauce. Uh-huh. Whatever you say, Superman. Mm-hmm. No, Jimmy, I kind of like Jimmy. Jimmy quick, who's knowing, your favorite uh, Gravity Falls character? Seuss. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Nailed it. You kind of like Jimmy, what? Oh, I like I like Jimmy as um the guy who knows Morse code. Like it sort of ties back to that like Silver Age Jimmy, like the one mm-hmm. who's well, yeah, kind of a big nerd. Yeah. No, I I like that too. And I like I said, I still don't know anything about him, unfortunately, mm-hmm. like his personality, really. But at least we're starting to like see him get a little action, and that's good. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to like Jimmy's a character that I like. That you know, we we talked about this already a little at the top of the show. I think he's been ill used by a lot because I think people misunderstand his function. And I think the key to getting him is that he really should be Superman's pal. Like he should yeah. be like just like yeah. a guy who likes Superman but also is useful to him, not just somebody with a signal watch that gets rescued. Well and, and I like, like that So this is like, showing like they don't know each other super well yet, but this is showing mm-hmm. that he'll become Superman's pal. Yeah. Yeah. Well one of the things I really like with him is like stuff that Fraction and Morrison have both done, which is them hanging out and doing stuff. Right? There's a yeah. bit in that Jimmy Olsen comic where they're just hanging out on the roof of the Daily Planet, just like being nerds, and it's really funny. Part of my yeah, um, makes sense. part of my hypothetical pitch for a uh, a good Superman movie series includes um, uh, Clark and Jimmy being roommates at journalism school. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, and so when they move to Metropolis, they're sharing an apartment. <laughs> and I don't know. Yeah, but I, I, I like... think I think we might just have him know about Superman from the beginning. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, because it's not bad if he and Clark are friends, but mm-hmm. it is better if he and Superman are Yeah, he's Superman's pal. But that's what I figured. Yeah, exactly. like, like, just like, you know, when, why not Why not let Superman have one person in his life other than his mom that he can talk to, you know? Yeah. Clark yeah, Kent. exactly. <laughs> Clark Kent's roommate, Jimmy Olsen. Right? <laughs> I mean, Lois, you know, Superman's girlfriend, Lois mm-hmm. Lane, so why not? <laughs> and girl and friend are very separate words because it's yep. the 1950s. Yes, exactly. Gotta trick him into marrying you. <laughs> Uh, but Jimmy didn't have all uh, good things, apparently. <laughs> nope. Did, oh, yeah. Did... Jimmy lays out a Barney joke in this episode. What are you, yeah. me at fourth grade? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the cop says something like, oh, it's a big purple guy. Yeah. yeah just this show, uh, it feels a little less worried about seeming timeless than uh, Batman did. <laughs> I this is I mean there's very rare examples though like for the most part mm-hmm. I think it succeeds like there's not a lot that says oh this is 90s. Yeah. I will actually say it's a, it's a pretty interesting thing that they did come right out and say Barney cuz mm-hmm. so often and I don't know if it might just be like a legal thing shows will avoid mentioning any other show which I guess really kind of shows what a cultural force Barney was in the 90s. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I think I think part of it, it is the like dinosaur. they don't want to they don't want to like free advertise yeah. for another. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's usually what they would say is like, oh, well, we don't want to, 
you know, we don't want to give publicity to that school, for, that show for preschoolers. I, so, I love uh, the idea of someone go- watching this and Jimmy goes, oh, what is he, Barney the Dinosaur? And that person going, oh, fuck, I should be watching Barney. Uh-huh. <laughs> Turn on PBS immediately. <laughs> oh, Charlie Rose. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, does, uh, does Superman come on at uh, 10 o'clock at night in this person's uh, market? Apparently. Mm-hmm. And that is the Saturday morning Charlie Rose show, which in retrospect was even worse. Ah, <laughs> uh, I just I just know that was like, oh, I'm home at late late at night, and uh, what's on PBS? Oh, nothing. <laughs> I mean Charlie Rose. I mean nothing. <laughs> I mean this. Guess we- I'll read a book. This weird purple dinosaur from Texas. Mm-hmm. Who's mm-hmm. <laughs> who's now having another uh, movie being developed by Daniel Kaluuya of all people. Well, I mean, everything's, you know, everything's coming back. What are mm-hmm. you going to do? Yeah. We we got to be about due for a uh, gritty reboot of the Teletubbies, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, that's the... made the Dora the Explorer movie last year. That was actually pretty okay. That's what I hear, but I can't kind of believe it. <laughs> I'm not going to go so far as to say it was good, but I certainly wasn't sorry I watched it. It's definitely the best Dora the Explorer-based film I've ever seen. <laughs> the, um... Yeah, no, the, the, when it comes to, like, I don't know, like, reboots and revivals and stuff, this is one, this show, Superman, is one that I always think of as, like, the way to do it perfectly. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys, like, went into much detail on this, but, like, my my first exposure to Superman actually was an animated series. It was the, the 80s animated series, uh, the, the, oh, Ruby, that, the Ruby Spears was... show. Oh, I'm God, aware yeah. of that, mm-hmm. but it was such a such a tiny blip on my radar. Like I saw it and immediately forgot mm-hmm. it. Like I would say, Super Friends would be the the one. That yeah, mine stuck was in my uh, head. either su- yeah either Super Friends or uh, I think the Super Boy cartoon was on. No, well that was um, I don't I don't know about the cartoon, but there was a live action show. There was in a that live location. action. So here's what it was: Superman's 50th anniversary, and so Ruby Spears mm-hmm. did the uh, the 13 episodes of right. Superman, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. the live action Super Boy series came out that same year. But for a tie-in, every Superman episode had, like, a 15-minute Superboy short. Um, where ah. like It was like him and Pa learning some sort of life lesson about, you know, lying or, you know, not right, right, tying up your sure. food when you go camping or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Tie up your food and fly it into a tree, son. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, it was interesting because on that show, they did um, a, a fusion of classic and modern, uh, you know, just mm-hmm. like they've done here. And uh, so when this came, I was like... I was already broadly familiar with Superman from more than just the comics. And right from the beginning, I was just thinking, wow, they completely nailed everything I would want this to be. And uh, I just I just realized as we were talking about this, like my actual Superman, like the one that defined him for me was that 50s show. (laughs) Oh, wow. Like the George Reeves one. Yeah. I was on in reruns a lot. Oh, wow. I've never even seen that show. That's why Al was watching this and thinking, why doesn't he turn to the camera and wink at the end? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but I still, to this day, think of, like, that's the first Jimmy Olsen I think of, because he had, mm-hmm. oh, jeepers. Like, he had a very distinctive <laughs> voice. That's that's about all I remember. That and poor Noel Neal, who played Lois Lane, also played her in, like, theatrical shorts or something. Like, she was right. very she old was by the time the, they made that show. She was in the Kirk Allen shorts, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so when they made the show in the 50s, she was probably in the 50s herself and it's like oh lois looks like someone's aunt <laughs> and they actually cast her as like great grandma kent or something oh my in, God. Um, in the brian singer one so like she's been around forever there's she's I'll the tell, one I'll that tell you hit this her about working in, in uh, uh oh sorry, superman wait. 77 yeah yep 
Um, if if you if you play a character in the Superman franchise, they will keep bringing it back to play other people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. This yeah. franchise is crazy about that. Bibbo was played in um, the Brian Singer Superman movie by uh, the Jimmy Olsen from the uh, the fifties the show. They put oh, Bibbo wow. in that movie. Yeah, he was like yeah, I don't it, remember. It, that. it was he was identified only in the credits or like in the script or something. He was like <laughs> he, was he was identified only of, as Bibbo, a very old man, and he was wearing like a bow tie and sleeve garters, like he was like an old timey bartender. Mm-hmm. But it was like oh, apparently, right. apparently it was Bibbo. I was reading about that movie recently and reminded that um, Cal Penn never spoke because <laughs> I remember him being mm-hmm. in it, and I did. I don't think I remembered that he didn't get even one line. I I watched that movie because um, I was watching all the Superman series, and you know, mm-hmm. for sure. for reasons I think are pretty obvious. I I don't watch many yeah. Brian Singer movies these days, yeah. but I was like, wow, this movie would have been good actually if he wasn't trying to make it a sequel to the yeah yeah. yeah. Not only a sequel, but just sort of, even if you read it as a sequel, Lex is doing exactly the same plot mm-hmm. he already did. Yeah. Yep. So. Like, that movie's almost really good. Mm-hmm. Well, there's good cast. Yeah. But. <laughs> apart, from, apart from one person who doesn't need to be talked about in the same way Brian well, Singer I did, doesn't. I was just going to say, yeah. like, well, I mean, I mean, he was good in he it. Was, I no, I mean, don't, he was. No, I don't yeah, that's like the... him anymore, but. As no. as he pointed out in one of his weird Christmas videos, he, he's good at playing bad guys. Mm-hmm. Don't know why. Funny don't that. know why he would yeah. bring it up in that context. Yeah, odd that. Yeah. All right. Uh, since we're doing bad things, Brian, what do you got? Uh, my bad thing about this is this is I'm so glad that this this show exists that gives me a chance to get this off my chest where it's been sitting for 25 years god damn it the computers at the daily planet are stupid did the people who made this cartoon know what a computer was. Because I think the problem is this is the this is the Art Deco future of the forties, <laughs> and they have to reconcile that with the fact that computers exist. So every desk at the Daily Planet has a keyboard built into the desk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right smack dab in the middle. So it's pretty useless as a desk. And then like a gooseneck CRT monitor mm-hmm. with like a solid green screen that for some reason has See, I, color whenever I, they're looking at it. But I love the way it looks, but you're absolutely right as far as practicality yeah. is it. But it looks like something out of like the movie Metropolis. Like it looks yeah. very sort of old school art deco. Looks like something out of Captain not very video. functional. Yeah, not, but I, I I dig it. I, I was watching when it first showed up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, like Fallout. <laughs> there you go. It's like a round sure. screen that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, round screens make absolutely no sense at all, but they look cool. But when the when 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 stuff like this showed up on uh, Batman, you know, with all of his crazy monitors and, you know, mm-hmm. also all of the keyboards have like 12 buttons. Sure. But yeah. uh, that's that's more of an animation thing. Um, I was like, I was fine with it. But I guess I guess what bothers me about it in Superman is the most of the design is so much more modern. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. if Jimmy Olsen was wearing a bow tie, it would probably be easier for me to take these ridiculous desks. <laughs> I think I think these sets and props and everything are still very like retro future. I don't know. It, it, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong, but I I it fits the rest of the aesthetic of the show to me, so it doesn't bother me. Well, bothered me as a youth, and yeah, that's fair. It never, it never left. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. I get stuff like that too. Where it's like, how does this? How do they? How do they work? How do they live? <laughs> how do they eat and breathe? And other science facts. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so my bad thing yes. is this this is a cop out that they use in a lot of superhero stories where, you know, of course, the secret identity is a major, uh, major element mm-hmm. and, and someone finds out about it and it's a big deal. And then they get amnesia at the end and they don't they don't know after all like that's uh, yeah. come on, man. Yeah. Especially, I thought it was really weird when Superman kissed Parasite at the end of the episode. And... <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about this power that much. Yeah, the weirdest part of that is in the horrible Superman 4, never watch Superman 4, he kisses Lois again and she remembers. <laughs> that is weird. I've had this memory yeah. sitting in my mouth for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to talk to her about something, so he like takes her out on the balcony of whatever apartment they're in and... like gives her the super kiss and suddenly she's back to the way she was and then he kisses her again I think and it's like oh this that makes it so much worse <laughs> the fact that Lois doesn't know he's Superman by the fourth movie is very stupid well Lois they treated, is a uh, ridiculous cartoon character by the fourth movie <laughs> so yeah they they also treated Margot Kidder very badly so that's I, I, I've heard what that, is yes. the only thing she does in the third movie is like complain about some contest winners yeah, she basically shows up to say, I'm not in this movie. It's Lana Lang this time. Goodbye. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Lana, and Lana Lang is, played by Annette do... O'Toole, who later played Superman's mom on uh, Smallville. Yeah. Once again, they mm-hmm. always yeah. bring him back. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, uh, oh, no, never mind. I was going to say, wasn't Michael McKean, Pa Kent? But no, she, he, that's, no, uh, he was, that's her uh, real life husband. He was Perry White. Ah, oh, I was just going to say, that's Annette O'Toole's real life mm-hmm. husband. So that's why. Yeah, he was, he was uh, uh, but, Perry White, and he was like a uh, like a sleazy tabloid guy at the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, like Michael McKean's in everything always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like inevitably, he'll be part of like whatever franchise you're into. Yeah. He's in it. So. He was on freaking Star Trek for a while. Yeah, actually, he's been well, he's been in the DCAU. He was Joker. Oh, oh that's yeah. true. Uh, he was he was and he was uh, he was one of the mutants too. He was either Rob or Don. I forget which one. Mm. I do know he's balls nasty. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He don't shift. And you're, don't. you're eventually going to get him in the Dark Knight Returns uh, direct-to-video movie also. Uh, is he? Did he reprise his role in that? No, he. Uh, it was. Um, I think it was the dude from uh, uh, what, uh, from Lost, uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment. No, he was uh, Dr. Wolper, the uh, psychiatrist that declares oh, Joker. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the amnesia thing I thought was just like, ugh, yeah, come no, on, it's, yeah. it's a cop-out. <laughs> It's also like, there's so Rudy, much more you can do with him knowing, you know, like well, when Rudy reaching in, back. Rudy reached in and touched the kryptonite directly, mm-hmm. and it like they the animation was so good, I like I don't understand what actually happened because well he turned green, I don't know, mm-hmm. yeah, but we've only known kryptonite on the show for like a week, literally, like I don't know what happened to it, but it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. the animation carried across that something horrible happened. Yeah, but why did why did it blank his memory? Well, that doesn't make sense. The one thing I'll say about this, because it is still a storytelling cop out, but at least it blanked out his entire memory. Mm. Um, yeah. It wasn't like a. So, one thing the show is, you know, particularly good at, and actually we'll see this next week as well, is ending on shots of the bad guys slowly hinting that they'll come back. And right. so they, they wanted to set that up with this, you know, Norman Bates wouldn't hurt a fly thing, only yeah. Rudy would hurt a cockroach. No. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind that. I maybe they could just make it like he can't talk mm-hmm. and like he's restrained, so he can't like draw a picture or whatever. Yeah, his mouth shadow isn't yeah. working anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. Anything else before we move on to the next? Uh, Let's see. Was there? Did you do your quote? Oh yeah. Uh, Not it's yet. just uh, it's just Rudy being Rudy. What's happened to you? I don't know, Superman. It's as if I've turned into some kind of monster. Can you help me? Let me take you back to Star. Maybe Professor Hamilton can treat you. Okay, Superman. 
Just don't hurt me. I won't. Hang on. Oh, you can count on Mm-hmm. That's our Rudy. Mm-hmm. Good old Rudy. Uh, all right. Moving forward, then, to the uh, very uh, appropriately named for a children's show. Uh-huh. What, a, what an odd title for a children's show. The Way of All Flesh. Take it away, Brian. Now, the Way of All Flesh is a British novel so scandalous that the author would only publish it after his own death. A searing indictment of the upper-class hypocrisies across five generations of one wealthy family. It's also a Superman cartoon about a British robot who's so criminal he keeps doing crimes after his own death. So, you can see how they got there. <laughs> we begin at Strikers Island, the non-union equivalent to Arkham, which houses John Corbin, the terrorist from the pilot. You know, the one who looked like if Martin Landau was playing Doc Savage in a biopic. <laughs> He's living high on the hog because of his loyalty to Luthor, getting gourmet meals and tipping the guards with $1 bills. <laughs> But unfortunately, he's got MacGuffin syndrome and is about to die. But his doctor, you know, the guy who looks like if Alan Alda was playing the Crypt Keeper in a biopic, <laughs> he has a plan concocted by their mutual friend. A wink! These guys are bad at conspiracies. <laughs> John does a jailbreak and goes to LexCorp, where Lex is making ready to put his brain into a robotic body with synthetic skin powered by kryptonite. You won't just be metal, you'll be metallo, says Luthor, trying something out. Corbin is actually pretty jazzed about his invulnerability, but much less jazzed about not having, you know, hunger or nerve endings. But Lex assures him there are adjustments coming. Sounds great. Time to go do a terrorism. <laughs> Corbin derails a train, tearing up his shirt in an even more Doc Savage fashion. As intended, the ruckus attracts Superman. You know, the guy who looks like if Brandon Routh was playing Clark Kent in a biopic. <laughs> who is confounded by the kryptonite in Corbin's chest. If only someone had invented a suit that makes this safe for me to handle, he cries out to no avail. Lois Lane shows up, you know, the one who looks like pretty much every woman Bruce Tim draws. And Corbin tries to sexually assault her, but he can't feel her lips when he kisses her, which is, let's be honest, definitely mid-90s kids show metaphor for he ain't got no robo-mojo, which is an Austin Powers reference about his ability to get an erection, which is a sex thing. Go ask your dad. <laughs> Corbin stomps back to LexCorp and demands the adjustments that were mentioned to him before, but it turns out that when they said adjustments, they meant, you'll probably get used to it. <laughs> Corbin goes mad and tears his own face off, then barges off to Luthor's sex yacht, where Lex, you know, the guy who looks like Telly Savalas in a commercial for sex yachts, <laughs> smooth talks his way into not being murdered. But when Superman reveals that Luthor had him dosed with a virus so he could have someone to robotify, Corbin is none best pleased and turns on his boss. Superman explodes the boat, but the super dense Corbin doesn't have to worry about the fire in which he burns, as he immediately <laughs> sinks to the ocean floor, where he'll be no trouble at all. Luthor tries to act like that was his plan all along. Nobody believes you, Alexis. <laughs> this week on Road Rovers. What the hell? There wasn't a new Road Rovers this week? The show was only on for like four weeks at that point. <laughs> Ain't that just the way of all flesh? This week <laughs> on Animaniacs, the hip hippos go on American Gladiators. I must have tuned <sighs> that one out. And this week on the series premiere of Waynehead, Damon challenges the local bully to a game of dozens, cementing that as the blackest Saturday morning cartoon a network channel will ever see. Happy Juneteenth. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess we have to retroactively erase uh, Fat Albert, unfortunately. So now you might be right. <laughs> there was mm -hmm. also, by the way, no new Freakazoid that week. There was no new uh, Pinky in the Brain or uh, Pinky the Brain that week. There was no new Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries that week. For some reason, almost all of Kids WB was like, "Yeah, we'll just do reruns." <laughs> Season <laughs> except Superman, except for Superman and this one new show. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Road Rovers debuted the same day as Superman, and they were already out of episodes. 
I don't know what Road Rovers yep. is, and saying that now opens me up to you telling me what Road Rovers is. It is a show about the um, uh, the pets oh, of various world leaders who went into robot suits and got super intelligence and saved the world. It is notable these days mainly for one thing, where they es- explain how Russian names operate, which is entirely a setup to have one of the ro- uh, one of the robot dogs say "son of a bitch." <laughs> uh... Uh, classic. <sighs> Yeah. So I mentioned this when we covered the first episode, but the, they did some great uh, groundwork laying mm-hmm. because, yeah, as, as you pointed out, Brian, they uh, introduced us to this John Corbin dude. So he didn't come from out of nowhere, which mm-hmm. is always nice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when he first shows up, he's in a robot. And now the robot's in him. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's Malcolm McDowell. Why is Malcolm McDowell just the thug? Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. Oh, oh, I see. I see. Well, okay. let's, let's be honest, because he's an English actor. They will just show up for the paycheck. Yeah, but if you have access to him, he, you don't um, just use him as the thug. You you make him one of the main villains, and and they did. Yeah, and and he was Metallo every single time he showed up. Like even when he only had like one or two lines on Justice League, there was one episode where it was Corey Burton, because um, mm-hmm. uh, he was unavailable. But I was, like they kept getting him back, which that's that's a good. Deal. Yeah, I'll say this. I don't know by by this point, that's not that that's not that much of a surprise. I'll do it. They have to pay me. Mm-hmm. Um, I killed Captain Kirk. I, I, I will say this: he did definitely bring it. Like he was, he was mm-hmm. present for oh, yeah. this. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, no, he's a very good choice. But also, he will work for a sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yep. Make sure to check me out in Space Jam: A New Legacy. Oh, is he in that? Yeah, he plays one of the droogs that they put in it for some reason. Oh, right, right. Uh, that is. I just remember back when, like, these crazy big crossovers were a novelty, and now mm-hmm. it's just, like, what everybody does in order to make sure all of their IP is active. And I'm like, yeah. it's uh-huh. so joyless now. Like, th- there's a freaking... Well, like, wait. Mm-hmm. Awesome, we can put the Flintstones in something, because nobody gives a shit about the Flintstones. Yep. So, are are you suggesting that these companies shouldn't use their IP freely? It, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's just I should be much happier that there is like a, a, a Looney Tunes movie that also features one of the nuns from The Devils by Ken Russell <laughs> but oh, well, it's, I, I it's just lo- it seems so perfunctory somehow I, I almost love that the movie is just like I mean we have the Looney Tunes in it but you don't care about those so don't worry we have stuff that you actually like Mm-hmm. Like the Wizard of Oz and, I don't know. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze. <laughs> there you go. Oh, God. See, I avoided all of the, like, articles and pictures from that because mm-hmm. I don't care. But now yeah. I'm forced to know it. So thanks, guys. You're welcome. One of the things that's interesting is the, the Schwarzenegger Freeze is not wearing his armor. He's wearing his bathrobe. <laughs> all right. That was a choice. I think I think we have different uh, definitions of interesting. That's but definitely right. the most oh, well, memorable we've, version. We've known of that, that for a Mr. while. Freeze. By the way, speaking but, speaking of which, I would just like to say that I was going to say um, just, last oh, week on this show when you said that um, you know nobody cares about the difference between a mace and a morning star. Did you forget how we became friends? <laughs> <laughs> when I wrote in to correct you on that point, <laughs> people have been correcting me on that one since like I don't know middle school or something and i still don't care base is a club morningstar has spikes flail has a mm-hmm. chain i don't care i still don't care <laughs> i genuinely want to believe you wrote that uh that email directly from the renaissance fair i might have directly from the renaissance mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, see now now you're not talking about mr freeze's bathrobe anymore so i lost my perfect segue oh i'm sorry good thing. by the way mr freeze bathrobe what <laughs> <laughs> 
Brian, your good thing also has to do with people wearing uh, casual wear, no? It actually does. One of the things I liked about this show is that, uh, I'm, once again, I'm I'm using this show to just work out my uh, my problems that I had as a child with cartoons. <laughs> well, and one of the, them is that everybody just wears the same clothing all the time. The show didn't last for very long, which means, unfortunately, all of our regular guests only get one appearance. Mm-hmm. So you want to you wanna really talk about the, the big things while you're here for your only your one time. I get that. So one of the things I did like about this was everybody had two outfits. And mm, Lois Lois showed off her third outfit in this episode. Ooh, Thank you. That is true. Uh, and uh, Clark got to wear his gray suit uh, instead of his mm-hmm. sky blue suit, which, you know, it's, I got to say it's a slightly worse look, but at least it looks like a color a person would actually wear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Whereas Bruce always had that one suit. Bruce had the the every the, single the, week. the brown like the the mustard and uh, yep. yep mustard and different mustard colored suit. And then when <laughs> he like switched to different mustard, when he and switched to the different style, people. he had the uh, the black and red one. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, Clark has that. Uh, Lois has her red outfit in this one, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, you know one of her uh, signature looks. And Luthor wore a so. I loved his it's, outfit. It's so good. It's no mistake that they they designed him to look like Telly Savalas. Like that was a hundred percent intentional. Mm-hmm. He does not look any more Telly Savalas than when he finally puts down his power suit and puts on his casual wear, which is a freaking turtleneck and blazer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a white turtleneck and a navy blue blazer, which is just <laughs> perfect. <laughs> it's glorious. So yeah, like you know, as as a little kid, like why is everybody always dressed exactly the same in cartoons? And I know why. Like. Mm-hmm. I know why now because it's easier to animate and it's uh, makes them yeah. look more iconic and it's more cost effective and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But yeah, you know the fact that on Superman, all the main characters had two or three outfits. Uh, you know they had their yeah. main ones and then they had some sub ones and it was something that that I enjoyed. And so they got to show off in this one and uh, mm. I like that. Yeah, no, I didn't remember uh, Lex having any alternate outfits actually and i only thought lois had like one or two so mm-hmm. it's cool to see like a third one pop yeah. up. so well and uh well lex hardly ever shows up when he's not being you know lex luthor so you know, later he lex gets luthor the, uh, costume which is mm-hmm. suit. yeah later he's got the uh like the green and purple armor mm-hmm. but, you know they, we're a while from that yet yeah so. <laughs> up until the finale where there's a wonderful moment that i'm not going to spoil for anyone who's following the franchise for the first time but Mm-hmm. Uh, the grand finale of the DCAU features the greatest Luthlexor, uh, Luthlexor? right? Uh, Luthlexor, yes. the greatest Lex Luthor fashion moment of all time. Mm, I don't know that I remember that oh, because they, there, they, there was a lot of shit going on in that episode. So there's also the professional wrestler Lex Luger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, good thing. Oh, uh, yeah, you've got a, you've got a. You've got a whole thing about uh, Metallo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love Corbin's whole deal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pissed because Lex Luthor definitely put my brain in a robot body, even mm-hmm. though I was, even though he told me he was just going to put a robot, bo- a robot in my body. Mm-hmm. And now I can't taste or smell or have sex, which I can't mention, but it's definitely implied. Oh, it's yeah, in more times than just the one time I mentioned. Yes. Hmm. Like, huh. I like that it's a surprisingly mature thing to have a Superman villain be mad about. Oh, yeah. Especially mm-hmm. after Rudy, who was an idiot that didn't carry, was a giant purple monster now. But it's also a very classic sci-fi, like, I want immortality. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I have immortality, but at what cost? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You're going to live forever. Yeah, but I can't taste anything. I mean, What's the point? Is it living? It's the same motivation for, like, I guess, like, I don't know, like 10 years later or so in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Mm-hmm. When they were like, yeah, it turns out we're immortal, but it also turns out that's a bad thing because we literally can't taste apples or, you know, <laughs> the other stuff. I'm just, I watch, mean, I'm just watching, like, I don't know what you're so mad about. I just play more video games. <laughs> uh, so I mean, they that's didn't have pretty much every spec then. Oh, yes, they oh, did. No. <laughs> Trust yeah, me, it's all I spent my time playing then, too. You had to play them on, like, this one big solid desk object. <laughs> <laughs> and it was circular I mean, for some reason. <laughs> It's basically every story about immortality. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all vampire stuff is, too. Like, oh, no, I can't go in the sun and eat garlic and the 50 other things that kill vampires. Mm-hmm. You know that you can kill a vampire yeah. by cutting off their head? Apparently. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, know, I just feel like that works on most people, but <laughs> not sure why it gets listed as a special thing for vampires. <laughs> My good thing's actually your quote, Brian, because it's, it's such a badass Lex mm-hmm. moment. Oh, yes, let's go ahead and play that here. Help! I love that so much. It's like Lex Lex from minute one Mm -hmm. has been hateable, punchable, all that. Mm -hmm. But like he really sort of amped up the evil in this one, like just the straight up evil. And I love it. And it's it's such a good moment because this is obviously in this audio medium. You can't tell. But his face just suddenly settles into this. And this is what I was joking about in the Mm. summary. Like, uh, yes, just as I planned. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, it isn't. You got no, but, so lucky. But that's very Lex Luthor. And he's like, so I have the upper hand, just like I knew I would all along while his legs are like frantically kicking underwater. I, I feel <laughs> like he does that for everything. Like he goes outside yes. to get his newspaper and he's just like, ah, my newspaper. Just as I planned. I don't know if, if either of you watched Young Justice, um, which no. is, is quite a good show. I hear it's very good. I haven't gotten around to the, it yet. The evil shadowy organization, The Light, um, which uh, shows up throughout the series, had this tendency to, like, any time Young Justice successfully managed to, you know, stop one of their things, it would cut to their little evil council meeting and they'd be like, ah, good, we successfully managed to distract them for another week while we set our other uh-huh. plans in motion. I'm like, guys, it's okay. You can just say we fucked up occasionally. <laughs> Well, it's like mm-hmm. it's like that thing with the reverse flash from like one of the animated movies mm-hmm. where it's just like yes just as i planned barry it was <laughs> me all along <laughs> the it, 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 it continues when superman goes and drops him back off at lexcorp and he's like haha superman you fool nobody will believe that this actually happened you'll never be able to yeah. prove anything baha and superman's like the proof Dude, burned I just, up I, I literally just had to fly you for, away from your exploding yacht. Stop trying to spin this as a win for you. <laughs> I, I well, And this kind of ties into my bad thing, because I'm not entirely clear where Le- whether Lex is trying to appear to be a legitimate businessman with no connection to the supervillains that he's legit, like deliberately creating, or if he doesn't care if Superman knows he's doing crazy, illegal, and unethical shit to murder him, because... Right now, they are kind of playing it both ways, and I don't really get it. I, I really like the idea of Lex, like, thinking he's so untouchable that he can mm-hmm. just go, like, yeah, I killed, like, 18 people, and I'll tell whoever asks me about it that I did it, because I'll still, I'll still get away with it. Yeah, yeah the I, Gene Hackman I, Luthor, where he's just like, it's me, Lex Luthor, the evil genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the greatest criminal mind of our time. Yeah. I love that. Now, let me take off my wig very briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I don't care for. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, uh, Nade Beatty passed this week, and uh, oh, yeah. uh, there's a lot of talk about uh, how great a character Otis was, and I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, nope. Nade Beatty, good actor, saw him in a lot of good things. Otis was not a good character. <laughs> he, he absolutely was not. 
It's like I said when when uh, Mercy showed up for the first time. They took Miss Tessmacher and made mm-hmm. her 50 times better, and they did not bring Otis over in any form whatsoever because he's terrible. Mm-hmm. They didn't even bring uh, Otis or uh, uh, Miss Tessmacher over in the um, uh, in the Brian Singer movie, which was obsessed with copying the earlier ones. They yeah, replaced them yeah. with uh, Cal Penn and Parker Posey. Uh-huh. Cal Penn, who didn't speak, apparently. <laughs> Baffling. Although I think uh, I think Miss uh, Tessmacher did show up on Supergirl eventually. Did someone scream it at the top of their lungs? Because that's the only way to say that name. Uh, yes, actually, um, that was ah, uh, Cat okay. Grant. That was her her running mm-hmm. gag. Was she would scream at her? Ah, ah excellent. She's also in that Jimmy Olsen comic, which is like the first time she's been in comics in like thirty oh, years. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, and fascinatingly, she was also in Smallville, where she was named uh, Tess Mercer instead of Tessmacher. Uh, yeah. And she was All also right. based on Mercy. Oh. So they combined her into one thing. Oh, fascinating. Well, they are. I mean, they are kind of the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're no, just that's like, exactly it. They're just like diff- completely different. Let's just, you know. Uh, so speaking of Lex being in the water and so forth, uh, I can't believe I'm looking at this this bad thing here. But uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm not usually one to poo-poo a shark attack, but this <laughs> felt like a very excessive shark attack. It was a bit of a hat on a hat. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, well, we've already got the evil robot trying to kill Lex. We also need to have a shark here that just shows and, up. And the yacht's nowhere. exploding. Uh-huh. Hey, you guys need a shark to eat someone? No, we're good. Thanks. You can go. All um, right. It straight up must have been excessive because I'm just going to tell you, I didn't see it. Oh, he's in there. I let, No, I let, yeah, I, I'm not saying, like, I don't believe you. I've just, I left the room. Yeah, why would I like, lie about that? I left the room for, like, 20 <laughs> seconds to, like, get something from the kitchen. And mm-hmm. I came back and I kept watching. I didn't feel as though I no, had it missed was... anything that must have been when the shark attack happened. Yep. It was very brief, and I feel like the reason for it was because they needed, like, uh, Superman might have just left him there, mm-hmm. and just, like, the Coast Guard would get him eventually. They needed some pressing reason for Superman to rescue him right then and there, I think. Aha, uh-huh. a shark came along, just as I planned it to, so Superman would have to uh-huh. fly me to shore. <laughs> oh, by the way, side note, um, they never got Lex's girlfriend. <laughs> no? Oh, God. Metallo goes up there, and he's like, I can't he, he picks up an apple and he smashes it and goes, I can't taste. And then he picks up some flowers and he throws them to the ground and goes, I can't smell. And then he looks at Lex's girlfriend and goes, and I can't. And then he throws her into the water. And then that's the last we see of her. I guess the shark ate her. Well, no, they're still at the dock uh, at that point. They haven't gone out, out Oh, that is true. Yet. They do leave yeah. after that. Okay, okay. I assume she just was like, all right, I guess I'll go back to shore. Goodbye, Lex. I completely forgot that she was in this because mm-hmm. I really liked that Lex had a floozy like mm-hmm. like Bruce Wayne had yeah. all the time. Like, of course, these single, like, uh, handsome rich men are dating floozies from time to mm-hmm. time, but uh, you don't see them with Lex that often. And, no. she, and she, she let him wear his chain and his turtleneck sweater. <laughs> <laughs> I put on my special outfit for you. <laughs> she, she, he threw her out, out of, off of the boat and out of our memory. Mm-hmm. Get off of my boat. <laughs> from whence you came <laughs> uh brian what was your bad thing uh i honestly had to struggle to find a bad thing i uh i came to this document late after uh after you had already <laughs> gotten there um mm-hmm. due to my uh aforementioned confusion over what day of the week it is because for <laughs> some unknown reason i decided yeah last week of school i'll totally be fine to podcast <laughs> my, we gave my you the out will or... be fine <laughs> There are there are lots of other slots. Mm-hmm. You could have you could have come at any time. Yeah, no, no. I, I want to stick with those ones. But uh, you know, one of All the right. reasons being that I, I quite like both of these episodes, and you know, yeah. I've, I've been on for some real stinkers, and I thought eh, maybe it'll be nice to have an entirely good week for once. Mm-hmm. 
But, I don't uh, know. This show was so brief that you mm-hmm. don't get a lot of like bad ones. It's like good ones yeah. and oh, kind you, of forgettable uh, ones, you, and that's you it. get a couple. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> a couple, sure. <laughs> there are a few that stick in the craw. Um, mm-hmm. As as you as we found out, I bear a lot of grudges about this show. All right. Um, but um, no, there's there's uh, I had to struggle to find a bad thing because um, uh, yeah. But there is this one really goofy bit of animation when. So Corbin has whatever it was, the, you know, blah, blah, blah syndrome, um, mm-hmm. which they don't mention what it is at the beginning. I think like they wanted to make it cancer or something, but they weren't allowed to say. It. No, like, but then it's a virus it's, that you can only catch yeah, like, in I'm South America. I'm sorry. You've got no time to uh, survive. It's a virus. I'm like, what? Does he, does he have AIDS? They weren't allowed to talk about that on TV back then. Is that what's oh. happening? Maybe maybe he got COVID. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> maybe it's like way ahead of its time. He's got the Zika or something. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, whatever it was, like they, they finally said it's like, you know, something, something retrovirus. Um, yeah, right. And it turns out that he's been getting dosed with this, uh, that Superman found the, the bottle of virus that was getting poured into his food. Mm-hmm. And he holds it up. And Corbin looks at it and he's like, look, your doctor was poisoning you with this. And Corbin looks at it and we get a close up of the bottle. And then <laughs> the doctor's face appears superimposed on it for like two seconds and then it fades away. So that yeah, the people like, watching would go, oh, right. The doctor. That doctor. Remember the doctor, kids? Avenge me, Corbin. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I, read the room, man. That is not what you're here for. <laughs> this is the virus I forged in life. <laughs> It was a real, it was a moment of hand-holding that this show does not normally resort to. Yeah. No, and it didn't need. Like, <laughs> right? even if we'd completely forgotten the Doctor at that point, they said in the dialogue that he was dosed. That's all we really mm-hmm. needed. Mm-hmm. The Doctor is not a character we ever saw before or will ever see again. It doesn't matter. I thought it would have been nice if the guard from the beginning would show up in the bottle also and be like, oh, was it me or was it you? I don't know. It was one of us. I, I gave him the food, so. <laughs> all right. Well, it's both of us. Hi, Corbin. <laughs> I think the... Um, uh, luxurious cell mm-hmm. was a little over the top, like it had a chandelier mm-hmm. in it. Uh, I kind of love that. I have seen um Al Capone's cell, mm-hmm. uh, and it's uh, the the one that it, when he was in um uh, Eastern State at uh, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. they preserved his cell uh, on the mm-hmm. tour. They recreated it. It does not have a chandelier. the The pictures on the wall and the fancy little writing desk and everything was legit. Like the chandelier, yeah. though, was definitely way over the top yeah i but want a chandelier it's like that's i want gonna to be rub it in the other prisoners faces that i get everything it's gonna be kind of tough you don't even have a very big cell don't worry about it um he did have a skylight but everybody had one of those at eastern state so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh uh, this is actually very nice are you looking at it yeah well the, yeah. the thing that i found was weird was that he still has the terrible little prison bed mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know everything else is there. uh uh, Al, have you ever seen the movie uh, Twelve Monkeys? Yes, that's uh, that the prison where Al Capone stayed is where they filmed that movie. So huh. it's a real, you know, <laughs> terrible place. Yeah, um, but yeah. Cap- I mean, Capone, I mean, Terry know. Gilliam can make anything look grungy and terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> that is true. Uh, we haven't even talked about uh, Corbin's uh, Bender style chest. Oh my door. god, <laughs> so funny! Clunk clunk. Yep. yep. <laughs> I'm forty percent kryptonite. Clunk clunk. It's uh, uh, but it, yeah. it's literally just a door that opens in the middle yep. of his chest that looks like an easy bake oven. It's so good. <laughs> also, it really the, feels oh, like God. kind of a design flaw. You could just like, oh, there's your heart. Yoink. 
I feel like every yeah, time Superman's ever beat Metallo, it's that he's had some sort of kryptonite proof suit on, has reached mm-hmm. into his chest and grabbed it. Mm-hmm. Or Batman I'll has just or take somebody. This. Wait, no, I need that. I, I, I know, you've made that very clear. My evil black heart. <laughs> well, and one of the things I love about it is that at the end of the episode, he opens up his chest door and shoots Superman with a kryptonite laser. And he's like, you didn't know I could focus it like that, did you? And I'm like, no, nobody did. <laughs> I bet that no, I this is just Superman something like, the writers completely pulled out of their butts mm-hmm. for the final fight. Nah, that didn't. That was me. fine. But like, I, yeah, I do you're like right. that he like put a, that he was like drawing attention to it. Like, yeah, also I can do this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a reason to have my kryptonite heart constantly hanging out during fights. See, actually, it's a good thing that I have a door in my chest. Everyone, just as I planned. <laughs> just as I planned. Uh-huh. <laughs> Well, and when I saw the like the sort of the glowing thing in the middle being sort of his like heart or whatever, I was like, "Oh, what if Iron Man were a complete asshole?" And then it was like, uh, "Like in a different way than he uh-huh. already is." <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yep. Uh, I also I love that the door is there every time we see him after like the first time. Like mm-hmm. it would be so easy to just like uh, and then when it's not opening, it's just there. Oh, we've definitely seen that in cartoons, like and doors mm-hmm. that just Flesh like colored. disappear when uh, yeah. they're not being used. Well, it's flesh-colored, too, which mm-hmm. is unsettling. <laughs> don't forget about my door. I don't understand why he tears his face off, except that every cyborg character mm-hmm. in everything has to have half a robot face and half a human face. Mm-hmm. You know, like John Corbin if he was in a biopic of the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the only bad character in Doom Patrol. <laughs> the... um. The, the the thing about Metello's half face is that every time he shows up from now on, he has the exact same half face. And I just feel like at a certain point, you feel like the rest of it would fall off. And I'm yeah. pretty sure in one of the upcoming episodes, the rest of it does come off. Because, I, I mean, I'm not trying to spoil. I only half remember this. But I think there's oh. an episode where Metallo has amnesia and tries to become a hero. Um, because some kids think he's like a cool robot or something. Yes, uh-huh. yes, yeah, yes, yeah. that is an episode. I think so he's he, the Zeta he, Project. <laughs> yeah, they, they uh-huh. think he's a Zeta Project. And he <laughs> doesn't have any kind of a face in that one. But then when he showed up in Justice League, he had half of his face back. I wanted like, to like... Listen, this is my brand, so... He's buying like like uh, the, uh, the rubber William Shatner mask. Well, I think once... I killed this guy, you know. Now I'm a person. <laughs> I think uh, once, like, Steel shows up, he's like, well, shit, people keep thinking I'm that guy. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. He was in the first uh, Steel episode because he was working mm-hmm. with Intergang at the time. Yeah, it was a good show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Steel played by uh, Star Trek All-Star Michael Dorn. That oh. is correct. Who also plays Calabac. You got a couple, yeah, you got a couple Michael Dorns on this one. No, Al, you that's love the new stuff. gods. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? I'm just going to, as long as we're talking about it, I'm just going to pull this out. I think it's really weird that, listen, I'm just going to mention him once and briefly. When Zack Snyder decided that his bad guy should be somebody who's trying really hard to impress Darkseid, he didn't go for Calabac, Darkseid's shitty son that he hates. Yep. Like, it was right there, man. Mm-hmm. You had the perfect character for this thing to I to do. will never stop being baffled by the fact that they made a movie about Steppenwolf. Well, you know what they say about Steppenwolf? He's born to be wild. It's the only Steppenwolf song I know, so there you go. I just love stepping on these wolves. (laughs) You know what they say about Steppenwolf? Nothing. No one has ever talked about Steppenwolf. (laughs) To Steppenwolf, to Tevye. Laser Wolf would have been a much better (laughs) supervillain name. 
I can focus my wolves. You didn't know I could do that. <laughs> I have my chest. Zydel is going to marry Laser Wolf. Oh, fucking great. No, no, no. The Butcher. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And if his chest was a laser cannon, it would be a wolf. (laughs) Punches his chest and a wolf comes out. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else? Uh, I'm just just happy we got to do some Laser Wolf jokes. (laughs) (laughs) There's one last thing. There was a good little bit of animation that I'm sure was deliberate where Superman going after the missiles that break Corbin out of jail. And it, it, there's a look on his face where he's like, I wonder if I can stop a missile. And then he does. And he's like, hmm, yep, I can. Mm-hmm. Like early episodes mm-hmm. have a lot of this where it's like Superman's not really sure if like he's he's doing it because it's the heroic thing to do. But his confidence isn't 100 yeah. percent there because he's like, I don't know if I can do this. I've never tried. Yeah, before. He, huh, he has. I can. He, I, like, like, he, like you were saying last week, he hasn't gotten into his big Jack Kirby pushing machine yet. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I like that. I like that he's he's still kind of like, hmm, okay, I can punch missiles. That's pretty cool. I'll write I, that down. Stop missiles. Good to know. It is I definitely gotta tell Professor a, Hamilton uh, it is definitely a we aired these episodes out of order thing, though, that he doesn't just go, oh, man, kryptonite bad guy. Better go get that suit we invented last week. <laughs> yeah. No, and the, uh, the, the DC wiki even mentions, like, the production order is different than mm-hmm. the air order. And it, so, it, uh, it, it certainly doesn't stop us from the uh, the idea that he's kind of dumb. Well, that's true. Oh, right. I have a kryptonite suit. Damn Superman, it. we built a whole suit for you so you could fight oh, kryptonite. Oh, that's oh. right. Boy, it's is very, my face red. It's very toyetic. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, that's embarrassing. Next time, Doc. Next time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should wear a little, like, reminder, like a keychain, like a kryptonite keychain. Uh, no, Superman, that would hurt you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Oh. Uh, that's everything I got. Brian Plug. Uh, yes, okay, so I have uh, two podcasts, uh, kind of two and a half, I guess, because I'd like to plug something else as well. Uh, on Tinseltown, the holiday movie podcast, we review any uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year, or otherwise midwinter holiday movie, and we got some real fun ones coming up, uh, so get ready mm-hmm. for that. Uh, most recently, as of the time you heard this, we did uh, Go, which is uh, kind of a terrible Pulp Fiction ripoff about uh, you know crappy 20-somethings. <laughs> Um, which is set at Christmas for no discernible reason. And also William Fickner is married to Jane Krakowski. That's some casting. Uh, and also uh, Buster and Chauncey's Silent Night, a terrible direct-to-video one that was Phil Hartman's final performance. Oh, dear. Aww. Yep. Uh, so we also, on, uh, the new, on New and a Bit Alarming, we are currently in a series known as A Shining New Era, where we are reviewing the incredibly misguided remake of The Lion King. So... That's. Uh... Oh, I was. I thought you were going to say The Shining. <laughs> no. Although honestly, if we're talking about the way that the show works, that we do remakes and reboots and stuff, I would love mm-hmm. to take a look at the Shining miniseries starring the other guy from Wings. You could do. You could do all of the Stephen King redos and re-redos. Mm-hmm. I am fascinated by the fact that he gets to make all of his books into multiple movies yep. until he gets it right, mm-hmm. which is no author gets that. Come yep. on, yep. man. And, and honestly, when you do that, you call me because Jesus, I have opinions. And in yeah. the uh, in the Shining, he's uh, he still hasn't gotten it right. I'm sure he's going to take another crack at it eventually. Mm-hmm. I guess so. I don't dislike the Kubrick movie of The Shining as much as Stephen King does. Certainly, but it no uh, one. it does have a few issues the thing mm. is don't don't compare it to the book just yeah. in and of itself it's a good yeah, that's exactly but it but it, it kind of misses a lot of the essential nature of the uh the the metaphors yeah. that were carefully worked in but on the mm-hmm. other hand the book's also not great i'm pretty sure stephen king doesn't remember writing most of it <laughs> no i think that was during his like drunken mm-hmm. haze period yeah so. well which is why it's weird that they got rid of almost all of the alcoholism in the movie <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. But right. then when the new one comes out, it's like, hey, uh, 90s CGI is going to be good enough for us to do these moving hedge animals, right? It's not. <laughs> yeah, but then they put all the alcoholism back mm-hmm. in for the uh, Simpsons version. So <laughs> there you go. No TV and no beer make Jack go crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, the uh, third one that I would like to mention is uh, there's a Knives Out Minute podcast. It's a minute by minute podcast about, you guessed it, the movie Knives Out. Uh, which uh, I covered, uh, I don't remember which episodes I'm on, but I did three weeks as the lead host with a different co-host each time, and uh, it was good. We had, uh, like, I don't know if anybody here has ever listened to a minute-by-minute podcast, but, you know, you go through a movie on a minute-by-minute basis, but mostly use it to spin off into discussions about, you know, all sorts of other random, enjoyable Mm. stuff. The episodes are, you know, 20 to 30 minutes each, so it's a nice little digestible show, and uh, I'm proud of what I've done there. No, I've never heard of the... I've never heard of the podcast concept of uh, being here for one uh, purpose and then uh, like talking about a lot of other things. Mm. Well, well, Brian invented it, so that's yeah, possible you hadn't heard about it. That's that's true. I don't know what you're talking about. All of our laser wolf jokes were perfectly on topic. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You just mentioned guy from Wings, and we haven't mentioned yet that Superman's played by one of the guys from Wings. Oh my god, he is. Uh, well, yeah. he's the one that um, Stephen King wanted for uh, The Shining, mm-hmm. and then. Is he- yeah. Is he Wings or Wings' brother? He is Wings. Uh, okay. Wings' brother is the other one. But that's he asked Tim Daly, like, would you be Jack in The Shining? And Tim Daly was like, I'm not going to be able to due to my scheduling. But um, you could, you should ask the other guy from Wings. And Stephen King was like, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Just so I... excited to finally be able to work with the people of Wings. <laughs> yeah. I mostly know Tim Daly from... Uh, uh, he was a character in The Sopranos who gets mixed up with, like, he's like a screenwriter who has a gambling problem, and the mobsters just ruin his life. And, <laughs> uh, it's delightful. Uh, I mostly know him from that remake of The Fugitive that he uh, left Justice League to do that definitely, totally was a good career move. Yeah, Well, I, 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 we'll talk about this when we get to Justice League, mm-hmm. but don't you prefer George Newborn? I, I actually do. I, I don't, and you know, I don't dislike Tim Daly's Superman. He's very, very good. I like mm-hmm. Newborn a little bit better. I don't know what it is. There's a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a, a little, I don't know, je ne sais quoi. Can't quite place it. Right. But. No. Hello, Newborn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all for this time. What do we have next time? We ah, used to keep track of this, and I think we stopped doing question. that. We should probably start again. Yeah, um, probably. I actually, hold on. I think I still have the uh, tab up the because I was, when you asked if I wanted to come next week instead, I checked. Um, ah. Let me see. It's um, Brainiac and Lobo. Ooh. Uh, ah. Well, part one of Lobo. Yeah, part, yeah. part one of the two-part Lobo, yes. Yeah. Um, Great. Featuring, but... featuring, hold on, on Lobo, uh, starring as mm-hmm. the preserver, the, uh, the the creep that runs an alien zoo, uh, the dude mm-hmm. that played Lex Luthor on the TV version of Superboy. I told you, they keep bringing him back. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, and the thing about that one is, like, yeah, Lobo's in it. I know, I know you're not a fan of Lobo. I'm but, not. I uh, fucking hate there's Lobo. A, but I don't think you will completely hate this one. You won't like him, but you won't hate him the way you hate the comics version. You got, a, you got a great, hey, it's that guy, is this Lobo. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Mm. And, well, I don't know. He's been in a lot of stuff already. Actually, honestly. he's been on this show already. What am I talking about? Yeah. He's Bibbo. Yeah, he's Bibbo. Oh. Um, but uh, shitloads of great outer space, like, goofy alien shit, which, yeah. which I'm here for. Mm. This show does great aliens, mm-hmm. and uh, th- it's packed full of that, so... So that's that's good. Yeah, advice. that's that's and honestly, much like uh, with a lot of um, Superman stuff, I don't like when they focus on alien stuff because I think what makes Superman interesting is his connection to Earth. So when like Maxima or whoever yeah. shows up, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this show does it well, and so I'm like, yeah, all right, there you go. <laughs> they mm-hmm. figured out how to make it work for me. So 
Yeah, and if any existing DC character is going to go into space, I'd rather it be him than Batman. Yeah. So, you know. Batman can breathe in space, as we know. Of, of course he can. <laughs> all right, so that's all for this time, and uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah, see ya, folks. Twala. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com algar. That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Copyright 2021, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.